Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Timeless Podcast Company present this podcast. In immersive sound design. In the last episode, Big Ben, a.k.a. Ben Grimm, Doom's manager, talks about his invitation to Doom. That invitation was to join Ben in D.C., where he would be attending Howard University. And he thought it would be a great idea for Zev Love X, AKA MF Doom, to join him and get away from New York for a while. Here's Ben. But at that time, it was difficult for me to see him in a state of depression, what we would call it. And so I remember just saying to him, yo, Vils, come, come fuck with me, yo. Come on, let's go. Let's come back down here with me. It's lit. Like, it's cool. You know, it's a college campus. I got the little apartment. And so he was like, I right, bet. So, you know, he came. That was it. The craziest part is I was doing it out of the fact that I ain't like my brother feeling how he was feeling. And yeah, we had the fun of having alcohol and, and I guess taking away the pain of, of, of stuff we went through or whatever or stuff that he was going through and the stuff we went through with that. It was just, it was crazy for all of us to be honest with you because that was my first recollection of losing somebody that's close to us or losing somebody that's close to somebody. So that whole thing was a dark time and it looked like a dark time when you look at him because he already is a recluse. And so when you seen him at that time, it was like, damn, is the nigga homeless? Is the nigga, you know what I mean? Is he drunk? Nigga might not be drunk, but the way he looked and acted at that time, you could tell he was, you know, he was fucked up. You know what I mean? He wasn't right. And I don't know when his right was before that, but I know that my brother wasn't right. You know what I'm saying? I just was like, yo, just come on. This was a welcomed invitation by Doom. A little change of energy and surroundings. Big Ben could hang out with his friend and look after him, and the creative juices that had begun to flow uptown could essentially get a little kick in the ass that they needed down south. Doom packed his stuff and boarded the Greyhound for a short trip to D.C., but now even this simple trip would be filled with drama. Here's Big Ben and Cotty to explain. Are you convinced we have a restroom in the back? Actually, hold on to the seats. Brought a bus in motion. So we're not far two miles. So yeah, Ville was on his way to DC on the bus. Like we used to take the bus, we had no whips, none of that. And he was on the bus and all of a sudden I just hear, I get calls from yo, Doom is back. Like what you mean Doom is back? And I get called from somebody else too. And so I end up finding out that, yo, the brother's just on his way back down. And and evidently the cops pulled him, you know, they pulled the, the bus stops in Baltimore. You get off the bus, whatever. 
the story I remember is that the dogs get on the bus or the whatever, da, 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 they find a kilo of crack cocaine. They searched the bottom of the bus and found like mad coke or some shit like that, you know what I mean? And then they come on the bus and just, <laughs> sorry for telling me exactly how it went, but this is too crazy to me. But anyways, it was exactly that. It was him looking like how he looked at the time, being a brother, you know what I'm saying? And they just came and picked him. They picked, I think they picked two other dudes or something. They picked him and one other dude or something like that. And I'm a little rusty, but they picked him as, oh, this is your shit. They decide that it was Dooms. They arrest him, they lock him up. Uh, it's crazy, because I was just speaking to D the other day. She, she, we were going over the story and I forget how much his bail was, but he gets in contact with her She's trying to reach me because she knew my mom's number by heart. And she's trying to get in contact with me so that I could contact Bob so Bob could try to get some money up to bail him out or Bob could put his bail up or whatever. So that's what ends up happening. He gets arrested. He ends up getting charged with a kilo of crack cocaine. The bail was ridiculous high. And I remember how that felt because... I knew Villain had no fucking 15 keys and no fucking crack. Are you kidding me? We would have been balling. Like, I know there's no way. We That wasn't even my sport, to be honest with you. But still, yo, like, but I knew it wasn't him. I knew he had nothing to do with it. But I remember that feeling. It was so fucked up because remember now, he had just trying to still get through over New York and sub, rest in peace. You know what I'm saying? And then that. And it was weird because we was just getting a groove. Like, we was just getting a little, like, I could see my brother feeling better, doing better, and just, you know, being able to be, be. It was like at a time where that shit could, like, fuck everything up. And it was right in that pocket where we just was breathing, we just able to listen to music and just chill and do what we do, make a few dollars, you know what I'm saying? I'm working at Eddie Bauer at the mall, we taking out a few dollars, we doing what we do, you know what I mean? And we, you know, we aight, like we decent, you know what I mean? And he's breathing, all right. And um, I'm still going to class every day, you know, I ain't had no choice. My parents weren't having it, I had a football scholarship, so I had to finish that, I had to do my, you know? But we doing what we had to do, we had enough pocket to actually be like, fuck it, I'll do the shit. Like, and that was it, it was that point, and then that happened. So it was just like, what the, f you know? Uh, and then I think our friend ended up getting a good lawyer that her father knew from the Washington, Baltimore area, whatever they call it, the DMV or whatever, Maryland, DC, Virginia area. And, uh, and he ends up beating it of a technicality because first of all, my opinion, it wasn't his. That's my first opinion me just giving my opinion and then second of all uh so he ended up beating it because i think it was just they, they picked him for it and um he ends up beating it and so that's the story that i actually remember but and so i, I have a pretty clear um story of how it went between what i remember and what she filled in for me Thankfully, Doom emerged from that whole situation relatively unscathed. Now Doom is in DC at the Howard campus and living in Big Ben's dorm with new energy and making new friends. Renowned Grammy award-winning recording engineer and producer Young Guru was a student at Howard and was friends with Big Ben, who he called his connect. Here's Young Guru to explain. 
to give you a, a real history, right? Um, I'm from Wilmington, Delaware. So I graduated high school, go to Howard University in 1992. That's where I met Big Ben. Big Ben is my connect to meeting Doom. So Ben was like my guy in school. So you know how it is, you go down to school, everybody's crew is made up of people from different places. Some from New York, some from Philly, some from DC. Like our crew was, was made up of all just, you know, it's me, it's Tracy Lee, it's, you know, one step beyond. It's it's a bunch of crews that are trying the same thing that everybody else is trying to do. Make beats, rhyme. I'm DJing and getting money, you know what I mean? Or, or doing clubs, you know, Fridays and Saturdays. Ben, who is close with my man Mitty, my guy Mitty right now is the second in command of um, North New Jersey. He's Ralph Baraka's younger brother, right? He was one of the LSMCs that we had on the campus. So what Ben would do was like, every time somebody came from New York, Ben would bring them to our room to battle Mitty. So it's like, if he's coming and Curious comes, he brings Curious to our room and Ben would be like, yo, these my niggas constipated. That's where I met, that's where I met um, Curious. I met uh, Lorcia, all of them through Ben because they would come down and be like, yo, Ben is the, the guy that we fuck with and he will bring them all to us. That's that's my connection to, to Big Ben the cleanup, right? Just my dude will come to the parties, all of that. When he started talking about Doom, me knowing how many MCs Ben been around and the way that he was talking about him, I was like, okay, I get it. But I hadn't heard anything yet. So this change of scenery is helping Doom solidify and put the final touches to what he had started, but couldn't really follow through with Uptown. Here's Curious George on the inception of the MF Doom sound and the music that he was a witness to before Doom had its DC. Definitely, I definitely recall when Doom was in my house, definitely recall like the creation of Doomsday, Operation Doomsday. I remember all those tracks when they didn't have lyrics on them and, um, and uh, no, but all of them, like rhymes like dimes. I mean, the whole the whole thing. He had a spot on 157th in Amsterdam. And at that time, I was like writer's blocked, just reassessing that my life, you know what I mean? So I, I was, it was hard to get verses from me, but Doom would be like, yo, I need a verse from you, I need a verse from you. You know, he would just be there, man, focusing on that. He was just making beats and writing rhymes. He'd be in, in my crib, like, he'd be in the corner. Like, sometimes my moms would come visit. She'd be like, hey, Doom, what's up? She'd be like, he's always just in that spot. He's so quiet. He'd just be reading, working. He was just really, you know, like that, like into his stuff. You know what I mean? We'd be running around. People be coming in and out, wilding beers, weapons, <laughs> hoes. You know what I'm saying? And my man is just in the corner, man, just making brilliant shit, you know what I mean? The move really helped MF Doom's metamorphosis. It was an organic transformation. Here's Del the Funky Homo Sapien to explain more. The way he put the transformation from Zev Love X to MF Doom, it was not even like, it wasn't even like he put hell of on it, you know what I mean? He was just telling me like, I'm Doom, like he he already know, I know him as Doom, so it wasn't like he was trying to sell me on nothing. I was already like in agreement, like yeah, that makes sense, because we call you Doom, MF Doom, I knew he already fucked with the comic books, that is already part of the lineage. It was like more like he, he already was moving in that area anyway, because he started to get more darker and older, 
with black bastards. You know what I'm saying? Since that didn't really get to come out, it more was just like a continuation of that. So I fully understood it. I mean, I I know where he came from. I know he's Zev Love X. Really, I, I know I know the growth, but nobody else would know. You know what I'm saying? Unless they did their research or whatever. But it didn't really matter. It was pretty much the same thing. It was just more advanced, going into a new a new place. But he knew that he could take that energy. And, and sell it as something new and it would work I had to I had to see it to believe it I mean I I believed it but like after you see it all play out exactly the way he said he was gonna do it that just I'm like okay at least he gave me the jewel before he left you know what I'm saying he really gave me the fucking documents you know what I mean you know what I mean people would just have these things in his mind he really is the villain I'm like you don't really understand the shit he had to go through, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's this way because he had to go through some hell of a shit, you know what I'm saying? It ain't just regular, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I felt like I understood him. Doom is now feeling at home living with Big Ben. They're making music and feeling good. Here's Ben talking about a night out. One of the main parts to a joint operation Doomsday was that me and Bill was going to Silver Springs, Maryland on a damn 70 bus on Georgia Avenue and we had the boom box. Like, I'm gonna bump this on the bus. He said, I'm bumping, we gonna bump it, we bump it anyway. I'm gonna bump that joint on the bus real quick. So we bumped it on the bus. Yo, it was the old dude said, man, that's, man, man, who, man, who that, man, ain't cool. And the little couple people that would usually, like older people that would usually be like, you know, hey, chill or whatever, or turn it down, or they won't say nothing, but they'll look at you with a little screw face or a big ass face type shit, right? But everybody was kind of cool. It was like the whole bus was like cool. And it was weird to me because I, I didn't even care. I didn't, you know, we young. I wasn't thinking like, oh shit, what are people gonna do? I was curious to see if, you know, people liked it. And we were on the bus and there's a bunch of older people was kind of on that bus. And one dude came up to us and was like, yo, that, you know what I mean? And everybody else, I see people nod. And me and him just look at each other like, ah. And we just rocked that joint. Going up the uh, up the hill, all the way up to Silver Springs on the train. And we probably played it twice. Cause I don't think we wanted to burn everybody up three times, but I think we played it twice on the bus. It's like the stars was aligned, man. So for a lot of everything that we did. The stars certainly were aligned. Doom and Ben both knew it, they felt it. But one thing was for sure. Doom wanted to be creative, release music, and become the artist he eventually became without the fame and notoriety. Enter the mask. It was all Bill. The origin of the mask was it was it was organically from how Bill, you know, people always in your face and all that, or people always paying attention to your face and what you look like, and oh now they know something about you because they know you from that and this, that, and the third. A lot of connections through you know face being on TV and stuff like that. He was like, yo, you know what I'm saying? Fuck all that type of shit when it come to, you know, all this space shit and all. Man, basically I wish motherfuckers would just leave me alone, you know? He never cared about fame. He never cared about all that extra shit. He never cared about none of that shit. He not, that's not part of how he's not screwed like that. He's not put together like that. So, you know, I remember specific conversations on the balcony. Fuck it. And that was his way of saying, then you do it. You do all the shit that's gonna deal with dealing with people and all that shit, and I'll just do the music. The mask was the route, because he was like, fuck it, all of this and all that. And next thing I know, you know, he ran back to New York, you know, did a couple things. We turned in some things to Bob, and he's telling me, yo, let's meet up at Keo House, and then things like that happened with the mask. 
on the next episode of Did I Ever Tell You the One About MF Doom. Doom was like, yo, I really want to do something special with this album and, and, and go all out with the artwork. And me and Doom began talking. I had no clue who he was. I didn't make the connect with KMD or any of that. And, but we clicked immediately. So he wanted something unique and something that spoke to the metal face um, persona. Did I ever tell you the one about MF Doom Podcast is a timeless podcast company production. Executive produced by Chantel Barron, Michael Barron, and Eric DJ Eclipse Wind. Co-produced and mixed by Brett Epic Mazer. Sound design and sound editing by Nick Diggler Davila. Research director, Miles J. Barron. Senior creative director, Martin Orton for Poison Pen Graphics. Graphic design director, Shai Harari for H1 Media. Featuring Ben Klingon, Dell of the Hieroglyphics Crew, Dimbaza Dumale, Dinko D of Leaders of the New School, Graham Poopa Maxwell, Jason DeMarco, Just Blaze, Curious George, Cotty, Lionel David Kid Martin, Lord Jamal, Lord Seer, Miles Brown, MF Grimm, Milo from Leaders of the New School, Onyx the Birthstone Kid of KMD, Prince Power Rule, Ralph McDaniels, Talib Kwali, Tanji Dumale, Tom Brown, Wild Child, Yasin Bey, Young Guru. Special thanks to the city of Long Beach, Mark Healy and the Rockaway Wave, Far Rockaway Queens, New York, Brandon G, Tom Wheelie, Ben King, Stephen S. Sidman, Video Music Box, Timeless Podcast Sound Design Voiceover, Tembisa Mashaka. Music cues and scoring for this podcast have been provided by Portal. That's P-R-T-L. Music comes in all vibes, so lo-fi should too. Welcome to Portal, the world's first lo-fi music in all genres for all types of music fans. Whether you love hip-hop, reggaeton, country, alt-rock, EDM, or even bossa, Portal has lo-fi vibes to match your music tastes. Find Portal on YouTube or Spotify or anywhere you listen to lo-fi. Portal, P-R-T-L, lo-fi for every vibe.